Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. What is happening right now in eastern Ukraine? Now cyber attacks in Ukraine. The beginning of a large-scale war in Ukraine will be the end of the world order as we know it. Nonetheless, there is still time to avert the worst-case scenario. To what everybody fears, which is war. To another war. Fact-based information. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, Tom, Benny, and Clark. Good to have you with us. And uh, we are waiting as uh, 5 o'clock was the deadline as to whether or not the Supreme Court would accept the Superior Court's decision on the maps. Now, earlier this afternoon, the Carolina Journal reported, along with many other media outlets, that the lower court, the Superior Court, accepted the state Senate maps and they accepted the House maps, the state House maps, but they did not accept the congressional maps. Uh, WRAL is reporting this hour a panel of North Carolina judges on Wednesday approved a finalized set voting maps likely to give Democrats a boost in this year's elections. A decision state Republicans plan to appeal. The court-approved congressional and state House and Senate maps include a larger number of competitive districts compared to Republican-drawn plans that were passed by lawmakers in November. A voting rights group involved in the lawsuit said it would appeal the state Senate map. The trial court, which includes two Republicans and one Democrat, approved state House and state boundaries. State lawmakers redrew last week but went with a congressional map of its own craft that it crafted by itself, uh, those that uh, crafted those maps would be um, Special Masters Bob Edmonds, Bob Orr, and Supreme Court, um, that were Supreme Court justices, and uh, Thomas Ross, a former judge and former UNC president. Uh, Today's ruling is nothing short of egregious, said State House Speaker Tim Moore, The trial court's decision to impose a map drawn by anyone other than the legislature is simply unconstitutional and affront to every North Carolina voter whose representation would be determined by unelected partisan activities. Bingo. Meanwhile, the North Carolina League of Conservation Voters, one of the voting groups involved in the redistricting case, said it would challenge the state Senate map and ask the Supreme Court to order the legislative maps to be um, used for the next decade. Well, the, I mean, the, the, again, you've got non-elected individuals that are not a part of the legislature uh, basically saying, can we please make up the rules as we go along? I mean, one of the things that was stated by the uh, Superior Court uh, was the fact that, you know what, uh, we're going we're gonna to implement these new congressional maps for this next election, but next year, they came out and said, next year, the new uh, state legislature can redraw the congressional maps if they want to. Uh, I, I believe that the uh, Republicans are also going to appeal, and I don't know who they're going to appeal to because they're not going to get a better ruling from the uh, Supreme Court, but it sounds like the Republicans are going to appeal the congressional maps, mm-hmm. according to WRAL. You know, where does all this end? Because, you know, it's clear. It's clear that you know who who has the constitutional responsibility. I mean, we've talked about that over and over and over again as far as map drawing, and you know the fact that the Supreme North Carolina Supreme Court. Um, I mean, when you start talking about p- partisan fairness, 
I, and even in today's um, opinion by the three-judge panel, I mean, that, that term was mentioned. I was like, who the heck said anything about partisan fairness? What, yeah. I mean, I guess they're just addressing, you know, what has been ruled on the Supreme Court. So I guess I guess it. bottom line is the Supreme Court of North Carolina – I mean, they, they've laid down what they see as a law. It's clear, it's clear that they've it's you know based on partisan basis. So, I mean, where, where does this end? With every single thing that constitutionally that the General Assembly has a responsibility for, is it going to be challenged to the Supreme Court? And, so, and the Supreme Court says, uh, no, we want Democrats to, to decide, decide well, that. Well, and again, this is one of the things I said yesterday was – the, the fact that this is the beginning of basically anarchy mm, because yeah. you have you have a you have these bodies of of people that are in authority not following the rules they're doing what they feel like doing at the moment everyone did what was right in their own eyes as judges says you know it's interesting cooper blasted the court's decision because they didn't throw out the state house and the state senate maps he said, today's decision allows a blatantly unfair and unconstitutional state Senate map that may have been word, uh, that may have been the worst of the bunch, Cooper said in a prepared statement. That is bad for North Carolina because it strips voters of their voice in our democracy. Our election should not go forward until we have a fair constitutional map, Cooper added. No, what is bad for voters and what is unconstitutional, blatantly unconstitutional, is the judiciary and the governor trying to do the work of the legislature. <laughs> I mean, that is so unconstitutional, it's beyond the pale. And quite frankly, these maps are not unconstitutional, Governor. Yeah, and the thing that Roy Cooper, you know, former attorney general, former uh, what state senator, mm -hmm. um, I think if I'm not badly mistaken, he was actually on redistricting committees committees back, you know, 20 years ago. Back when the Democrats back would when do the, the Democrats Demo made these maps that looked like you know a neurotic snake drew them or something, and uh, and he, he's just injecting himself. It just Again, where where does this end? Where where you either have the rule of law, you have a or you constitution, don't. or you, or you don't. have an anarchy. Yeah, um, you you can't have a constitutional republic. No, without following the constitution. Right. And, and the irony is, the Democrats, whenever they want something changed, they they immediately say it's unconstitutional. And of course, their version of the constitution is this living, changing document mm -hmm. that, you know, changes and morphs itself into something that will suit the liberals' agenda. And, you know, this, I know this is probably a legal and procedural question, but the three-judge panel today, their ruling, okay, I mean, I guess, I guess they have to ignore previous maps and previously what they ruled on you know, from a few weeks ago. And so they only have to rule on the maps that's in front of them right now that the that the um, Republicans drew this time. Right, so, right. So if, if the Republicans have drawn, let's just say, a little bit more favorable Democrat map, then, then why is this one not okay when the other one was okay? Uh, good question. I mean, when it was two to one, or not two to one, but it was three zero, three judge panel, and said it was fine before two, two Republicans yeah. and one Democrat. The Democrat what voted for what changed, but right? Because and and that's a great question because the Supreme Court did not give any parameters. Yeah, in fact, the they just said it was unconstitutional, but they didn't say why. The the order today, I think it was twenty or twenty three pages or something. I, and I, I mean, I honestly, 
skimmed it from a cheap novel approach, if you will, but I did pick up on a few things, and it talked about it talked about the Supreme Court's parameters, the Supreme Court's guidance. Hell, there was no there guidance. There was no guidance. <laughs> I mean, the guidance was, hey, guys, you got to draw uh, some more Democrats yeah. in. That's basically I mean, that's pretty the guys, much what yeah, he said. Yeah. I mean, I just—it's laughable what that our legal system has got to this point. It looks like the major. Well, and there actually are some changes in the uh, eastern part of North Carolina. You know, our listening area is basically districts one and district seven, which would be uh, well, and parts of uh, um, the old uh, Butterfield district, which would be district uh, one. So one, three, and seven would be the districts that we cover in our with our uh, coverage. And it looks to me like in that area, uh, and again, these these maps are, you know, we don't have a detailed map here, so it's just the glance of an eye. But it looks like District 1, the old Butterfield District, will lose Washington County. Uh, I'm sorry, District 3, District 3, which is the, um, and again, that's the other thing. They keep changing these numbers. Um, <laughs> the old Senate map was, uh, they had... They had uh, Greg Murphy as, as one, and now they have Greg Murphy as three. But anyway, Greg Murphy's district, it looks like it loses Washington County and gains Sampson and Duplin County. So, I mean— For Greg Murphy? For Greg Murphy. He's going all the way over to Sampson County. Uh, I, I would Just off the top of my head, I would think that would make it more solid Republican for him, I would think, replacing Washington but, with but Sampson just, and Duplin. But geographically— this guy is – I hope he's got a good car and new yeah. tires. Washington County is, uh, what, Plymouth? Is that right? Yeah. And so Sam- Sampson is Clinton and uh, Duplin. So, yeah, Sampson County – and Sampson County is – and Duplin County both uh, area-wise are huge counties. Not much in population, but huge yeah. area-wise. So, Geographically, I yeah. mean, you can drive from one side to the next <laughs> and take you an hour just about. So, yeah, he's, he's expanded quite a bit. Well, and you stop and think about it that – basically Sampson County is due south, a little southeast, but more or less due south of Raleigh. That's how far over it goes. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. east to west, he's going from the coast all the way over to what is equivalent to Raleigh. Uh, uh, by far, well, I mean— you know, He'll the, still the, keep the Outer Banks area. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah, so. oh, yeah. The, um, the District 7, which uh, would be David Rouser— he loses Sampson. He loses part of Johnson. He gains Robeson and uh, most of Cumberland County. And it looks like the major changes that, well, you know, those are pretty big changes. But then um, up in the Triangle area, it looks like uh, District 4, which they had as basically a north-south district going from Wake to um, Durham. What's the county just north of Durham? Um that would be uh, orange. No, uh, orange is to the to the west. But anyway, that changes quite a bit. And then over in the uh, the triad area changes a little bit. Oh, as, per, is it Person County? Up, uh, up above yeah, Durham? probably is. Yeah, probably is. Five six one eight two five five. Who was the first caller? Uh, that would be Mike. Mike is on the line. Hey, Mike from Havelock. Hey, hey Mike. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Good, Good to hear from you. What's the up? Big question in all of this. We're all getting upset about this, but who's going to do anything? What's going to happen? There, there's you. For 30 years now, they've been legislating from the bench. They stole the last election. The, they, they talk about, oh, there's going to be this big red wave in 2022 and 2024. No, there's not. 
They know how to steal the elections now. Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's, it's like, and you're, you're saying over this, oh, well, well, this is anarchy. They're just doing what they want. That's exactly what they're doing. Right. No, and, and, I agree. And they're, they're, they're twisting and distorting our rules and our laws for their own end. Yep. And it is for their ends. They no longer represent the people. Nope. So what do we do? Well, I think. And don't say vote. Because because all our votes have been disenfranchised. We did a constitutional amendment. They had a referendum across the state for voter ID. And, oh, no, you can't have that because it's racist and it disenfranchised votes. Show me one black person in North Carolina that can't go to the DMV and get a, get a voter ID card for free. Show me one. Well, they don't exist. If you can do that, <laughs> on your then side, you have something to say. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing so, with so you. So what do we do? And Mike, what, so Mike, what do we do? We, we... Mike, what's amazing to me, though, you've had, to your point on that voter ID, you have a party <laughs> that's basically saying, hey, we don't think that black people have the mental intellect right. They're to the go racist. get an ID. Yeah, they're in, the racist. In, in, 20, exactly. in 2022, we don't think they can go do something so difficult to do. And to me, that's that's the most racist thing about uh, if you want to talk about voter ID is thinking that they can't get one. Mike, I will say this. Now, I'm usually the cynic in the room. And uh, but I, I actually look at this right now and see what is happening. And uh, the Democrats have pushed it way, way too far. And I think the reaction is going to be so overwhelming in this next election that I think, and you, you do need to get out and vote. I understand. I understand how why you are cynical, and I, I am not going to try to argue out of not being a cynic. But you, and you know the other issue on all this too, Mike, is your frustration is the kind of frustration that is showing up at the school board meetings, the frustration that's showing up in the the truckers' convoys, the frustration that sh- showed up on January the sixth, and all they can do is is you know, call it an insurrection and try to put it down. You know, it's and and they accuse the liberals accuse those people who got upset in these situations that I just mentioned. They say, oh, you're breaking the law. Well, no, no, no. Wait a minute. They're reacting to the fact that the liberals are breaking the laws there. I mean, and they are. What what is They're happening right the now? Laws. Well, ignoring it or breaking it, one and the same. Absolutely. They're just doing whatever they want. Yep. Yep. But listen, I mean, we can't give up. And I understand. And I, you know, it, it, I, I, I would hate to think that it would come to, um, to, to civil unrest. But if, uh, if things don't straighten out and, uh, if we do not, if we do not allow the rule of law to prevail and, uh, people, um, remove those people that are breaking law you know that's that's my other pet peeve when all this kind of stuff happens you know these people that are breaking the law that are breaking the constitution they need to be personally held responsible they're breaking the law now when the people up in washington dc went into the capitol to the quote insurrection which i think that's an overstatement but when they went in there they are being personally held responsible for what they did they're in they're locked up as we speak and in the same vein when these people break the law by not following the constitution 
they need to be hurt personally held responsible. The idea that said, well, that was mean, a, that was a court ruling, and we just let bygones be you bygones. Mean like that oath they took when they took office, yeah, <laughs> or like Dan Crenshaw insider trading, or Nancy Pelosi's insider trading, Bingo. or Biden getting hundreds of millions of dollars yep. in graft. Bingo. That the people should go to jail, or or uh, Hillary Clinton destroying thirty thousand pieces of evidence that were subpoenaed by. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, that's so, exactly yeah, what I'm talking about. Jail? Yep, that's when are exactly. they going to trial? I well, the so sooner the we, better. We but, no longer, um, but but my whole point is, we no longer have the rule of law. No, we have, we uh, well, whatever their fiat is, and, whatever they decide. Oh, this is what I feel like today. This is what we're going to do. Yep, I I agree with you. I I but you can't stop voting. I mean, you've got to stay in oh, the no, fight. I'm, I'm going to vote. You got to stand to fight, but oh, I understand your cynicism. Listen, Mike, you have uh, gotten the phones ringing off the hook, <laughs> so thank you very much. Five six one eight two five five. If you're on hold, hang in there. We're going to get to your phone call. We got to take a break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your drive at five and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk ninety six point three and one zero three seven. Welcome back in. It is News and Views for a very busy Wednesday. So far, no word back from the North Carolina Supreme Court. Uh, Taking a quick look at your weather forecast uh, for tomorrow, a slight chance of showers afternoon, otherwise a high around 54. Tomorrow night, a slight chance of rain, and uh, Friday looks great. A slight chance of rain uh, in the afternoon, just a slight chance. Otherwise, the high will be 81 with lots of sunshine coming through. Wow. So, wow. Yes, wow is right. Weather brought to you by Ironwood. Warmer weather is right around the corner like this Friday. What a better way to enjoy the great outdoors with family and friends than being greenside or poolside Vote, or tennis courtside. Voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club is waiving all initiation fees and wants you to join in the fun and become a member today. Not a golfer? Ironwood's new social membership includes access to their competition-sized swimming pool, clay surface tennis courts, and member-only full-service restaurant. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle, a very sweet woman. Her number is 252-752-4653. This just in, and I think this is going to make, we can't tell you where it came from, okay, but we have heard. I will just say we have heard from a very reliable source. You know exactly what the source is. <laughs> In this, I, I do know what the source is, but we're sworn Car- to secrecy Car- this time. does not miss a beat. But uh, this is a very reliable source. <laughs> the North Carolina State Senate is going to appeal this ruling. Now, the, the ruling they would be appealing would be on the congressional maps because the Superior Court approved the state house and the state senate maps so they're going to appeal the congressional maps to the united states supreme court wow uh that's big now we had a caller yesterday that said well you know they did that in alabama yes in alabama the difference was a federal court a federal judge in alabama dismissed the alabama maps mm-hmm. and so that's why that got into the process so quickly. state courts and federal courts and you yeah. can't uh, cross over but um, and you know my, my hunch is on this that that the um, th- the reason why they they're thinking this crossed the line is because this is so blatantly unconstitutional. <laughs> I mean, this violates the federal constitution as well as the state constitution, and you've got a judiciary coming in and 
saying we're setting aside the state legislature that is supposed to be drawing the congressional maps. We're setting that aside and we're intervening. And th- this is this is, you know, for the Congress, for the U.S. Congress. And, and you know, no disrespect to uh, former Judge uh, what Orr, Edmondson and Ross. Is that right? Right. Right. Correct. But, you know, why, why do they get to be the arbiters of justice as it relates to these maps? I mean, I just don't I just don't see how yeah. I just don't see how it should be allowed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. where does this all this end? Yeah. I mean, what is more noble about those three than the elected legislature? Yeah. And again, you know, for for uh Cooper to come out and say, you know, this is this is terrible for the voters. Uh, I'm trying to find his what his quote was. Um, uh, this is bad for North Carolina because it strips voters of their voice in our democracy. So wait a minute, <laughs> the voters in our democracy voted for the state legislature that drew the maps, That's and exactly now we right. have three non-elected individuals that are somehow more noble and and uh, have these d- d- divine insights that they can draw a map better than the elected legislature I, I mean you know we you know we went we went way too far um in the what summer early fall of 2020 when we basically changed how our election laws were processed based on a settlement agreement you know the famous a lawsuit that uh, Josh Stein was working on, yep. and that for Mark Elias, and and got a uh, a negotiated settlement on something that had already been passed by a bipartisan General Assembly and signed by the governor. So, I mean, are we going to just throw out everything and just say, you know what, we're going to let we're going to let the entire state run is being run by the judiciary? And, and I mean, I, mean, and I don't care. Top, well, I don't care if the Republicans have it. I don't care if they're lead at six to one. If they had the same ruling, I'd still think it's unconstitutional and shouldn't have done it. I mean, it's just. Well, and again, we talked yesterday, you know, because it's made the national news now. Anita Earls being paid off by uh, Eric Holder's group, bought and paid for, bought and paid for, and she's the one that's throwing out the maps. And and you're telling me you have the chutzpah to come out and tell me that it's the Republicans that are somehow nefarious? Yeah, and and her entire legal career was made up of pretty much being a an advocate and a uh just a left-wing progressive lawyer for left-wing progressive causes bingo five six one eight two five five eric from greenville's on the line hey eric how are you sir hey eric good how you doing today tom ben? doing well good to hear from you uh so i basically i just have one question in and if you don't know the answer i'd like out for me and perhaps tell all of us what we can do to make it happen. But what has to happen to have a recall election for Anita Earls? I, I don't know. That's a I, good question. I think it has to go through the impeachment process through the General Assembly. That would Assembly. make sense. That and would make then, sense. you know, of course, um, I think it would take a the supermajority. And, of course, you know, right. we don't have the supermajority or the Republicans. I say we. Well, we might after November. But after November, it might be a moot issue. That, but, uh, but I think the process works sort of similar to uh the way it does um in washington you know as far you know, as but, but what, i don't think it's a mood issue because she needs to be removed regardless if she's going to behave this way on the court I, I agreed agreed but first we need to get a supreme court that's with a majority of republicans 
because uh, listen, um, and and we need to get a supermajority in the House and the Senate, and then that could happen. In the meantime, it's uh, you know we're just barking up the tree. But uh, I, I hear your frustration, and and but boy, again, and we've said this, and we're we're going to get the Republicans that are running for the North Carolina Supreme Court on between now and election time. But these these judicial elections statewide are so important because now liberals like Eric Holder, you know, they've lost the Supreme Court, but liberals like Eric Holder are now taking it down to the lower courts, the state courts. And they're trying to do exactly what what the Supreme Court did going back to Roe v. Wade. And uh, they know they couldn't pass it through the legislature or through Congress. So now they're 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 basically legislating through the judiciary. And that's exactly what you saw happening at the North Carolina Supreme Court two weeks ago. Um, yeah, I think I think Benny's right, though. It's going to be an impeachment. And so we need to go ahead and get the uh, get the supermajority if that's going to happen. Good question, Eric. Thanks for the call. Five, six, one, eight, two, five, five. Is it Roger? Al. It's Al. Al. Hey, it's Al, guys. Hey, Al. Hey, yes, hey, sir. Al. How are you, sir? Hey, good. You know, you just kind of said what I was going to say, and that was to, to, my, to the other two callers, I'll tell you what the solution is. We need to elect conservatives on the court. It's so funny yeah. how we throw our hands up like and we forget about the courts matter. And what really matters is that we have a Republican majority on the appeals court, but we don't have conservatives. So, you know, we really need to, to – I, I know the presidency is sexy, the Senate is sexy, but the courts matter, guys. So to Michael and those guys, take $20, look at some of the court you know, judicial candidates, Look at some of the appeals candidates. There's one I like named Beth Freshwater Smith. So so check these guys out. That's what matters. Don't get mad. Do something about it. It's just frustrating to hear people who they, they, they don't understand. The courts matter. This if we had a conservative majority of the courts, we'd do okay. You know, we wouldn't have these problems. Appreciate your brother. Well, Al, to your point, um, you know, prior to the 2020 election, the Republicans were down six to one on the North Carolina Supreme Court, and the North Carolina Republican Party made it a concentrated effort to get those two seats, and they did. You know, made it four three, a lot better anyway, and you know, the most important seat, the Chief Justice. But you're right; they got to keep doing it where they can flip it to at least four three. And I and I th- actually think they have a good chance next cycle five, to three. have a five two yeah. advantage. Five two, rather. And the the reason why it's going to flip this next time is because this is the second. Now, the last one where we gained a couple of seats uh, was the first election where you had an RRD next right. to the the name of the uh, person running for the, the um, Supreme Court seat or any of the judiciary uh, seats. But um, it, this, this will be the second go around. And Republicans, you know, I'm convinced, I know it's still eight months away or whatever, but I'm convinced the Republicans are really going to do well. And the fact that you've got an R or a D next to, these pe- next to the names of the people that are running for the Supreme Court, I, I think it's uh, going to bode very, very well for the Republicans. Yeah, and I, and I tell all my friends that are not quite into politics as I am um, that get a little bit cynical and, and you know, lose confidence in the process. I say, you know what? The one thing that the most important thing, if you're not going to get involved in anything, the most important thing is the the North Carolina General Assembly, our, our local House and Senate and the judiciary. If you're going to just ignore everything yep. on the national, at least pay attention to North Carolina because 
uh, right now is I know it's hard to believe sometimes, but we are we are a state that is a you know has, has a uh, a constitutional republic of, of of the states of the United States, and that's real, pretty much all we could control and hold them accountable and look in them in the eye and see them and that type of thing. So, if nothing else, get involved and and support your local House and Senate members and and judiciary, and so we can keep this kind of thing from happening. Good call, Wal. Appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Roger. Hey, Roger. How are you, sir? Hey, Roger. All right. How are y'all today? Doing well. Good to hear from you. Good. Hey, my question is on all this gerrymandering stuff. Why can we not just use latitude and longitude and settle this thing once and for all, and let that be it instead of spending tens of millions of dollars? every 10 years to redraw all this stuff well for one thing it is like the congressional districts and for that matter the state house and the state senate districts it's divided up by population so um if if you did it strictly geographically you'd have big areas of uh that would have representation that would only have a handful of constituents and you know other other areas that would be packed in so i i hear what you're saying but to, to your point though for the first time in decades, the Republican Party maps that they came out with were as close to what you're describing in terms of not dividing up counties, mm-hmm. you know, six ways from Sunday to, to come up with a gerrymandered district. But, but the simple answer is because it's, it, you really divide it up, and, and this, is, this is, you know, by the Constitution, it's divided up by population, not by geography. Yeah, okay. Ro- yeah, yeah, Roger um, and Tom helped me with the ruling that came out. Was um, you know the 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 lawsuit from the gentleman in Washington? You know about that. that basically, that is the foundation for our laws now, as far as drawing maps. You know the case that happened in what early late nineties, early two thousands. That any, oh yeah yeah anyway, yeah yeah, yeah. I, out I, of Little I, Washington, yeah, North I Carolina. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can't think of the name of the um, the the ruling. Steve Rader, the, if you're out there, call us with that answer. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, we had a process, and we and the process that was that was it follows our constitution. Unfortunately, now the Supreme Court has said no, you you violated the constitution, but we're not going to tell you how you did. Yeah, I mean, basically, they it's it's at the Supreme Court ruling a couple of weeks ago on these these maps is is a, is maybe the most laughable legal thing that's ever been done in any court system that I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just amazing that that was done. I, I you know to your point though, Roger, it really would be nice if there was you know that you would get the the, the closest to the uh, population number that you could without dividing up a county. And, uh, and you know, what the, the Republicans did as good as they could in the maps that they submitted, and now they've been redrawn by these um, three individuals who know more than the rest of us. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Thanks, 561-8255. we got to take another time out, don't we? Let's do it, and we'll be right back. Covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, she, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um... 
folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and let's news. Let's go. 96.3 and 103.7. <laughs> Mark, you're terrible. Uh, hey, listen. Uh, he's a smart fellow. The um, ECU <laughs> men's basketball team plays USF tonight at 7 o'clock. I've got two sets of tickets, four tickets and a set. Here's the deal. I'm giving them away to the first two callers, 561-8255. Each caller will get a set of four tickets to tonight's game. But here's the deal. you got to come by the studio by 6.05 to pick them up. So if you can't Inconceivable. Get, know, if you can't get here by 6.05, uh, don't call, okay? But if you uh, want two sets of tickets, come out and cheer on uh, ECU men's basketball team tonight at Minji's. Um, first two callers to call in. Two sets of four tickets to the ECU basketball game. And if you can't make it, uh, our own Patrick Johnson will be doing play-by-play for That's right. ESPN+. Plus. Plus. Yeah, absolutely. What's the difference between Canada and North Korea? Now, one country is a police state under the boot of a young tyrant, child of a father, father's <laughs> dynasty who brutally crushes opponents, free speech, and liberty. And the other is a country in Asia. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Um, and probably just probably a couple hundred pounds separating <laughs> North Korea's guy and Trudeau. <laughs> House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said today that Russians, uh, Russia's aggression towards Ukraine is, quote, an attack on democracy, vowing that the U.S. will stand united with its allies around the world in swiftly imposing sanctions on Russia and ensure, uh, ensuring financial and political support for an independent Ukraine. You know, it's it's funny how she never says that about the thousands of illegal immigrants crossing our southern border every week. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let's, let's stop and think about this. Yeah, we got a sovereign nation, you would think. <laughs> yeah, what is the difference? What is the difference between what Putin is doing to Ukraine compared to what Biden, Pelosi, and the rest of the Democrats currently in power are doing to the United States. Now, is that far-fetched? I don't think so. They are misusing the power of the federal government. I'm talking about Nancy Pelosi and Biden and everybody else in the Democratic Party. They are misusing the power of the federal government to not only allow hundreds of thousands of illegals to cross our border, but then they use taxpayer money to fly them into our communities in the dark of night. And why? Because that will give, at least they think this, that will give them more power to stay in power, to, to load their pocketbooks with all kinds of financial gain. And, they att- and they're doing it with your tax money. <laughs> yeah. And they're promising goodies to those people coming across the border from the public ter- treasury that you're paying for. And in all honesty, what is the difference I mean, the bottom line is it's, it's, it's greed, it's malfeasance, it's abuse of power, and the Democrats in this country are doing it the same as Biden crossing into Ukraine. Now, I know they're not using tanks, but they're, it's just as corrupt. You know, it's going to get to the point, too, when the federal government just does nothing, that you're going to have states like Texas and Arizona— you know, you know, Texas, you might have the state of Texas. In Arizona, you'll probably, you know, might have some counties that, that I hate to say, take the matters of law in their own hands, but they have to. I mean, they got a border to protect. Yep. They got citizens to protect. They have a responsibility to protect their people. 
So at some point, if the federal government does nothing, <laughs> you, you're going to see some bloodshed at our border, I'm afraid. And it's all because the Democrats think they're going to get a, you know, a generation of voters coming over if they promise them everything and promise them to come over. Yeah. And and it's, it's the it's the liberal way. And almost to a man and woman when they're interviewed at the border, why why are they rushing here now? Because Joe Biden, Joe Biden said yep. it was okay. Yep. yep. So what's interesting about this um, sanctions that came out today? Uh, these are the same sanctions that. Joe Biden, basically what he did today was um, he, he came down and said Nord Stream 2, even though it's just about completed, will not go online. In other words, you won't be able to pump gas. Not, don't ask me how they're going to prevent that. Perhaps on the, on the German end of Nord Stream 2, uh, they have the ability not to accept any of the gas coming through. But... He has, he has put sanctions on uh, Nord Stream 2 today. But what's interesting about this, these sanctions that he put back on Nord Stream 2 were the sanctions that Donald Trump put on Nord Stream 2 a few years back. Yeah, and Trump, Trump guy had a pretty good idea. Yeah, and... <laughs> Against the advice, the strong advice, you can go, go back and, and Google it. You can look it up. Against the strong advice of Republicans, and when I say advice, it was more than just advice. They were screaming their heads off. Don't lift the sanctions. Last May, less than a year ago, Joe Biden, the sanctions he put back on today, he lifted last May. You know, it's... Um, and, and, and now, and here's the other thing, too. The, the Biden administration, to a certain degree, they're probably grinning that, hey, we now have an excuse as to why our energy prices are going through the roof. And you watch the State of the Union, March 1st, the State of the Union, Biden will blame the high cost of energy on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Just like all the other inflation, he said yesterday, yeah, was basically was fuel, was fueled by Russians' invasion of Ukraine. Numerous articles <laughs> out today just talking about no, it's the printing of money, you idiot. And uh, and you know, well, he doesn't know, but you know, there's certainly people in his administration that know, but they're lying through their teeth. Um, and again, again, it's his incompetence, it's his energy plan, his incompetence why you're paying and you're going to be paying they're already paying this in hawaii five bucks a gallon it's not going to be long before we're playing i mean we're not far from four bucks right now premium is four bucks a gallon it's not gonna be long before it's five you want to turn things around joe complete the xl pipeline and reopen the gas and oil leases on federal lands come on man yeah and to your point about the um the you know the natural gas pipeline the nordstrom uh natural gas pipeline you know i remember specifically it wasn't only republicans and saying you know biden not do this this was foreign policy experts that that have served in the state department uh of yep. multiple administrations saying it was a bad idea i mean vladimir putin has no power has no power to invade ukraine or any other nation without um you know feeding his energy economy because that's all russia has is an energy economy and by making it easier to um you know feed germany natural gas basically um 
I mean, you're just making the Russian government more profitable. I mean, there's no there's no companies or people that are going to benefit over here. It's the Russian oligarchs and the Russian, uh, basically the former Soviet Union, former KGB people like Putin to just continue continue their. Uh, I mean, their goal is to put all these states back or mm-hmm. back into the Soviet Union. That's, That's their goal. goal. Always goal. has yeah. been. Not only was he way out of line in approving, uh, uh, lifting the sanctions on Nord Stream 2, but the fact that he shut down our energy program. Can you imagine? And again, I think this is what the liberals want. They want America to come to her knees so yeah. they can they can change the system. I mean, this is the whole hope and change crap that Obama came out with. I mean, as you talked about before, you either have to be incredibly stupid or— you're doing all this on purpose because you can't sit here out of one mouth with the Biden and Democrats saying climate change, climate change, climate change, green energy, green energy. No, we're not going to do that in the United States. But signs off on this deal for right. Russia. Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's, it's BS. It, it's it's intentional, really. I, I think it ha- I think it all has to but do. Can you with- imagine? Can you imagine right now if we had the Trump energy program running at full throttle and all the other world events were lining up like they they are today the the amount of money that we would make on exporting you know uh gas and uh, and oil i mean we would we wouldn't ha- the, the, we'd be quickly coming out of the deficit problem that we have and, and just from a just from a basic economic standpoint i mean yeah yeah demand has increased but from you know two years ago because coming out of the pandemic i mean that the prices were going to go up some but when you rip away some supply particularly what you know in the united states of course the price is going to go up and then that fuels uh you know puts money in the coffers of russia and and terrorist middle east countries exactly and and, and all the bad guys are getting helped from joe biden and, and russia from a technology standpoint their technology as it relates to the oil and gas industry is really pretty archaic they can only make money when when oil prices are really 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 high so i mean you're just you're just putting advantages all all to putin and and that was biden's doings thank you joe you idiot we'll be right back News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Tom, a bit and Clark and uh, Gallup is out with a new poll and uh, more bad news for Cousin Eddie. Uh, he's underwater in uh, just about every category. Response to coronavirus, he's minus five, which means 47% of those polled approve of what he's doing, 52 disapprove. Uh, overall job performance, 41 approve, 55 disapprove. That's a minus 14. So overall, he's minus 14. Foreign affairs, he's minus 16. Economy, he's minus 25. Situation with Russia, he's minus 19. Frankly, those are actually pretty positive numbers uh, for Joe. (laughs) Did you hear liberal author Stephen King tweeted that um, Vladimir Putin was making a serious miscalculation when he proceeded to invade Ukraine with President Joe Biden in the White House? (laughs) You can't make it up. 
Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And he got he got slammed, by the way. I mean, you know, one uh, person said Obama in the White House and Putin invades Crimea. Trump in the office and Putin invades no one. Biden in the office, Putin invades Ukraine. Do you see a pattern here? Stephen King, not the brightest bulb. He might write some uh, good horror flicks, but... Uh, he can... He can um, Stephen King, I've read several of his books over the years, but he can just he can just get out a novel in no time. I mean, I don't... <laughs> but he can't get the facts right on no, what... No, I guess he doesn't have time to, to actually follow up on the facts. He's writing these crazy stories all the time. Um, you know, we might be tired of talking congressional maps and stuff. Go for but, it. But just out of Carolina Journal... There has been some appeals filed uh, by both sides. One um, by uh, Berger and the General Assembly basically appealing the judges or the three-judge panel's uh, decision allowing these special masters to determine the new map. Now, that, is that the one that's going to the Supreme Court? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's going to the United States. Supreme no, 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 Court. no. This is this is appeal. Uh, well, it's appealing a three judge panel. It says to. Uh, I wonder if they're appealing. And, and if you didn't hear earlier, about uh, forty five minutes ago, we reported from a very reliable source, who is going to be unnamed right now, to probably next twenty four forty eight hours that it come out. But a very reliable source has informed us that the North Carolina Senate, the state Senate is going to appeal this to the United States Supreme Court. But I wonder if they first need to appeal it to there, this, the North Carolina Supreme Court, which would make sense. Yeah, this particular uh, filing um, this afternoon is to the Supreme Court of North Carolina. Okay. Questioning the— which, My hunch is that mm-hmm. is just the, the protocol that they've got to go through first. Right. Sutton has been waiting. Five six one eight two five five. Sorry, Sutton. We've been, it's been a busy hour. We've got about 60 seconds. What's on your mind? Okay, yeah. I got a question. Now, what's the difference between the sanction that he's putting on Russia other than the sanction that he put on our oil and gas people here in the United States? What's the difference? <laughs> Not a whole you know lot. I mean? I mean, he's basically he, he, he shutting down both of them. Yeah, That's he, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Good point, when yeah. He came in, he put sanction on us. But anyway, you guys, keep up the good work. I appreciate it, Thank you, Good point. By the way, have you heard that, uh, first of all, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds will give the Republican response to Joe Biden's State of the Union, but it came out today that a member of the squad is going to give the Working Families Party, they're, they're going to have a counter, um, uh, Rashida Tlaib, who is a member of the squad, is going to give a counter to Joe Biden's State of the Union address. They're in the mm. same party, but they're going to give a counter to Joe Biden. It's expected that they're going to slam Joe Manchin and uh, Kirsten Cinema. Now, is she the one from Michigan? Or? Uh yes. yes, yeah, Michigan Congresswoman. Yeah, she's the one that Tlaib. went. She's the one that went nuts and and got um, arrested at a Trump rally during when Trump was running for. <laughs> well, she also had some uh, rather uh, colorful words um, oh, when yeah. she won election uh, about how she was going to take that blankety-bank Trump out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, uh, listen, uh, thanks for the calls today, and uh, pray for our country. I, You know, I I hear the frustration on our callers. I hear the frustration uh, from Mike and Al and Eric and Roger and Sutton, for that matter. 
pray for our nation. I mean, you know, Mike asked, what can we do? I'm dead serious here. Pray that we would have righteous leaders, that we would repent from our uh, ways, and that uh, the Lord would be merciful to us. And get out and vote. Absolutely. (laughs) And make sure we get Republicans on the Supreme Court. Thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow. Play a little political trivia. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right.